You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 195. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and I have a question for you. Have you ever dreamed about taking some real time off, some time to truly hit the reset button, let that stress really wash away, redefine yourself, reinvent yourself, and actually be off long enough to get real rest and recovery? really slow down from going 100 miles an hour all the time, what would that look like? Who might you become if you were able to take some real time off and hit that reset button? Today, we're going to explore not only the benefits of taking a real break, but ways you might actually be able to do it. What would the world look like if a real break was possible? Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by our game-changing steps to a high-impact PMO. This is a free training you can join and either watch a prior recording or sign up for one of our upcoming events. It's pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. If you're curious about our impact engine system, or if you're curious about the right ways to engage stakeholders in the process of building or elevating your PMO, you definitely want to check out that training because I explained to you our step-by-step-by-step process for building a PMO that delivers really big results quickly and how to even reset if your PMO is not showing a lot of value right now. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO, check out the training or watch my most recent recording of a prior session so you can learn exactly what it takes to build an impact engine PMO for your organization. Can't wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. Are you ready to talk about what it might look like if you were able to take a real break? My guest today, Suzanne Madsen, is going to talk to us about that very experience. And she's an internationally recognized leadership coach and mentor for project and change managers. She has partnered and founded the Project Leadership Institute, which runs leadership programs to help project managers become better leaders in the workplace, which is awesome. Suzanne is also an award-winning author of The Power of Project Leadership, which is now in its second edition and has been described as a must read for everyone in the project management world. So that includes you too, Impact Driver. Okay, Suzanne, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. It is a great honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, so much fun. I'm so excited about this because when we were talking um, a while ago now, I was asking you to share a little bit about something interesting, something you've been up to. And also when we were trying to schedule a podcast interview in 2022, you were busy not being very busy. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you were up to? And that will help all of our impact drivers listening understand why I had to get you on the podcast to talk about this. Sure. So at the beginning of 2022, mm-hmm. there was a thought that popped into my mind, which was, oh, I would like to take time off. And what if I could, you know, imagine I could, if I could take three months off in the summer, as we'll share probably in a moment, I am, you know, I'm working for myself and or maybe people got that from the bio. But um, so in, in principle, it would have been possible, 
right? But I have mm-hmm. so many of the same barriers as, as other people do and uh, limiting beliefs or whatever. But as soon as that thought popped into my mind, I wish I could take three months off. My second thought was, well, 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 well. <laughs> What would it look like? Exactly the questions you asked in the intro. What would it look like if I did? What is really holding you back? Mm-hmm. And and I knew it, well, it, it wasn't, it's not easy to take three months off, even if you're self-employed and perhaps not when you're self-employed, right? And don't All have right. a big team around you. But I was so inspired by my own challenge. And I thought, I can handle this. I'm not really sure how to how to do it. But I knew as soon as I asked that question that, oh my God, I actually really would love to do that. Mm-hmm. And I would and love to find a way to do it. Exactly. And before our impact drivers listening say, eh, this isn't for me because I'm employed. I want you to keep listening because we're going to talk about some experiences that I've personally had where I did that and found creative ways to do that, even when I was working for someone else. But you did mention something, Suzanne, I want to go back to, which is one, I definitely want to go into the limiting beliefs for sure. Um, but also, um, you talked about if you are self-employed, how it might actually be even harder. And I think there's some truth to that because it's all you, baby, right? You own the business, whether you are an independent consultant and it's just you, or you have a big team, the bigger your team, the harder it is actually to take that time off. You'd think it would be easier, but it actually becomes harder because you take on this feeling, or at least I know I did, that everyone's counting on me and I'm responsible for people's salaries and I'm responsible for their being able to feed their families. And so they need me so that we can keep everything running so that they can stay employed. Right. So there's a lot of reasons why it felt even impossible for me. Um, And I'll definitely share some of my own experience on this journey, but I want to dive in more with you on what you actually did, what that looked like uh, first. Um, So Talk to me a little bit more about what that process looked like for you. How did you do it? What did what did you do? So I looked at my diary. This was um, probably five months before the summer that I got this thought. So I had time to plan. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, okay, what is really holding me back? And I have some big clients I work with. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, let me clear. Let me clear with my two biggest clients if they plan to run any leadership programs during those three months. It was June, July, August. So this the you know, but June is a pretty busy month, actually, here right. in, in Europe. And even July can be busy. But the chances of running something major during the summer is probably um, a little bit reduced. So I asked them and they said, no, 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 we don't, we're not planning. You know, we start up again in September. And I thought, OK. So I went through, I would say, the logical route of who do I need to speak to? Who might need me? Because all the coaching I do, they will probably be all right with a bit of a break. Right. It's not like a big corporation that count on me for running a big program. I did actually have some prior work agreed about three weeks into my sabbatical. And I I stuck with that. It was a business trip and, you know, it was a speaking engagement and I chose to do that. It wasn't going to, you know, be majorly disruptive. So, yeah, I went through it like that. I challenged myself. So my, 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 my biggest obstacle would be my clients. Right. And are they going to see me as... Um, not being available with the work to somebody them. else. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, are they going to, exactly, are they going to feel let down? So it was important for me to have that conversation. And mm-hmm. I think on the point of what you said before, if we are employed, there are some limitations. If we are self-employed, there are some limitations. 
I think for everyone listening who would love to do this, it's just about, I would say, having the right conversations and working with the constraints that we each have. Right. Because we all, we all um, adding value somewhere and mm-hmm. some people depend on us. So yeah, we, we need to work our way around it. Yeah. And so how, how long were you actually off in this most recent sabbatical? It was June, July, August. On June uh, the 1st, I, I flew off to, uh, to my uh, native country, Denmark, where because of, of COVID, I hadn't seen my family for, you know, there were two Christmases I wasn't able to go. And yeah. I just really wanted to reconnect because during COVID, it became very clear to me that, you know, I'm, I miss Denmark and I miss, you know, I've, I've, I've lived in the UK for 22 years in, in London. Yeah. So, um, when the borders are closed, it becomes really clear to you that uh, there are certain things that are very important to you in your life. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And my parents are in the 80s now, and I just wanted to go and spend some time with them. Mm-hmm. And you have a grandparent as well that had a big birthday recently, right? Yeah, absolutely. My grandmother is still with us. She, um, I wouldn't say she's totally fit, but she is, um, you know, her, her. she still has her, her sense of humor and... Um, um, it's fantastic. She's 101. 101. Wow, that's great. And, I, bet you, bit, I bet you yeah. she knows how to take time off, right? <laughs> take I a asked break. her when she turned 100, I asked her, so what is your secret, Grandma? And yeah. she said, oh, I don't know. But I guess whenever I'm tired, I just rest. <laughs> well, that is probably the <laughs> best advice anyone could ever give anyone else, especially the people that listen to this podcast, Mm. because they're all impact drivers. And you know what they do when they're tired? They keep going. And you know what they do when they're even more tired? They keep going and they push and they drive and they work harder and harder and harder and harder. And that causes the very problem that requires us to take a significant amount of time off to hit the reset button because we're just so exhausted. And I have to say, Suzanne, that this is something that I've struggled with my entire adult life because I am so impact driven. I am so about helping people, creating change, wanting to help people do big things. And I end up having a lot of people that aren't counting on me. And so I feel that it's just impossible to take any time off. And for for those listening, they may not be able to take, some of them may not be able to take a three-month sabbatical. I am trying to figure out how I'm going to do that because I've been working on it for years, trying to figure out how to make that happen. Uh, And it might be impossible for some of the people that are listening, but it doesn't have to be three months. Imagine simply, for all of you impact drivers listening, what it would be like to actually take time off, whether it be a week or two weeks or three and not bring your computer with you and turn your phone off and not keep checking in. That alone would be a huge improvement to how you're probably quote unquote vacationing or going on holiday now, because so many of you keep working when you're supposed to be resting. And that creates the burnout that requires you to have to do something significant, like, you know, leave your job so you can have time off or um, take a leave of absence. So it might be that we compromise, right? And Suzanne, we can talk about some creative ways that they can do that if they're in a position where they just simply can't take off a, you know, a sabbatical, a longer period of time. There are still creative ways to take time off and get some rest, um, but it requires being very intentional and planful. It sounds like, Suzanne, you spent a lot of time thinking through how you were going to make it happen. 
Um, yes and no. But I also think on that point, it's important people ask themselves, what would they like to gain from it? Right. If, if somebody is hitting burnout, and I unfortunately, I coach a lot of people who yeah. either have been there or they're approaching it. And it's so true what you're saying. They push through just now. Um, yeah. You know, we're recording this in, in early January. I've, I've just been coaching somebody who took two weeks off for Christmas. Um, rather, he wanted to. He had planned that. He wasn't able to take one single day off, not even a half a day, not even an hour off, not even Christmas Day. He pushed through and pushed through because his project was delayed to the point where he couldn't even take his family out on the 25th of December. And he mm -hmm. was exhausted. And mm -hmm. people do this. And um, so it is important that we that we do at some point take time to to regenerate. But the, but the closer people are to the burnout, I think the more time they will require for the body to to come back and to find balance again. Right. Um, however, it's not necessarily the length of time off that matters. Right. Because it's probably also the quality. I'll tell you in the three months yes. that I had off the summer, one week in particular had a massive, massive impact. Yes, I spent time with my family. Uh, you know, all of that was fantastic. And in the middle of my break, I went on a retreat. Mm. And it was a mindfulness retreat. Mm. And we were advised to switch off our phones. Yeah. And I thought, mm, wow, my, I don't know that I've ever done that, you know, overnight. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't even know that I've done it for a weekend, to be honest. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how that was going to fly with me. But I switched off my phone. I told people again, I told people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. Because if you text somebody and you don't hear back for three days, my friends are going to freak out. They're going to think that I am no longer on this planet. Right. So it was important that I told people, you know, don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm switching <laughs> off my phone. Right. And I loved it. Oh my yeah. God, the whole experience, not just switching off my phone, but the whole experience of staying in this uh, very beautiful rural location in, in, in Britain and um, meditating, walking in nature, working community. It was according to Buddhist principles. So we were, we took turns making breakfast and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved it. When, when the six days were up and I looked at my phone, I thought, hmm, I don't really want to switch it on again. This yeah. has been so blissful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think people can take a week off like that and just completely connect with themselves because that's also what we're talking about here. If you go away for a week and you have your phone and you're still running around being stressed, it may not serve a big purpose. But what you want, I think, for a sabbatical or a shorter period of time off, if you want to rejuvenate, you need to connect with yourself. You need to look yes. inward. You need to sit with yourself, not just doing, doing, doing. Or if you do things, do the things that you love doing, you know, sports or right. having fun, whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's so for maybe not for everybody that's listening, but I know for a lot of folks that are listening, they need to remember how to be a human being, not a human doing, right? And I have to remind myself of that. It's especially, and I think it's it's definitely worse in the last 10 years since I've been running my company PMO Strategies, because I just want to keep doing more, right? And I have to remind myself that more isn't necessarily better. And I always remind myself and my students that busy does not equal productive, right? And it's not about being constantly busy and constantly in motion. It's about getting to the right results and the right outcomes. And I was just having a um, coaching conversation with one of our clients today, reminding her that, that when she doesn't have any space on her calendar, forget being off, just when you're like normal in your workflow, if you have every hour of your calendar blocked with meetings, you have no time to think. And if you have no time to think, you have no time to lead. 
because leading isn't all about action. It's also about thinking strategically about the next move and where you should take that next chess piece on the chessboard. And if you are constantly in meetings and constantly have information coming at you and you're constantly managing, you don't have time to think, therefore you don't have time to properly lead. So I think it's important, even like in just your day to day, that you're remembering to create space because that's where the best ideas are going to come from. You don't have to constantly be doing, constantly be making noise, constantly be taking inputs because everyone listening is really smart people and they're not giving themselves time to actually be as smart as they are. Right. And so the more time we fill our brains with stuff and not give ourselves these breaks, like I'm so excited about this idea of doing a meditation retreat. We've been trying to figure out how to squeeze that into our calendar this year. Uh, speaking of squeezing things in, um, because the, if you don't give yourself time or space to be and to think and to rest, you're not going to be at your best. So I love this concept of taking longer breaks because that's something I totally appreciate because I'm I'm going and going and going so much. And there are opportunities, like you said, you don't have to take a three-month sabbatical to experience the benefits of um, creating space, right? And building rest into and reset into your ways of working. You can do that in your everyday. You can do that in your work life. And also if you really need some time off, which pretty much everyone listening to this, including myself does need more time off, then how are you being intentional with that time off? It doesn't have to be three months. What if it was just a very intentionally resetting week or two weeks? I think that would be fantastic. Have you found that that helps um, the, the people that you're coaching when, when they do things like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I also agree with what you're saying on, on the leadership aspect. If we are constantly running, constantly in fight or flight, mm -hmm. where does the extra energy come from to look ahead, to be creative, to connect with the team, to see new developments, to, yeah, to be innovative. It's not, it's not right. really possible. So oh, you said that very well, you know, I, um, I, yeah, I think you said that very, very well. So there's been times in my life, so I, I'm, I'm thinking people are going, yeah, but, right? The yeah, but monster crawled up on their shoulder. Yeah, but there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can take a long break. And I will tell you that there are times in my career when I was in organizations or when I changed from one organization to another. Um, one time I was, a, actually, I was a part of making the decision to lay myself off because I was on the leadership team of a company and they weren't doing well financially. And I was you know, um, I think the highest paid person there. And I was like, all right, this just doesn't make sense based on where you're going with the company. And so it was like a decision, but I still found myself without employment in a very stressful time in my life. And I forced myself to not go back to work right away, even though it was a stressful time in my life. Personally, I think because it was a stressful time in my life, personally, I figured out how to make it work by not working for a couple, I think it was like two or three months, three months, I think between, between jobs. So sometimes you can find a way to take a break between employment. If, especially if you're an independent contractor, but if you're looking for a new position or if you're looking to grow in your career, maybe then you can build in a longer break as opposed to like ending one job on a Friday and starting a new one on a Monday, give yourself some time between, um, there are times when I did that and there are times when I didn't do that. And I really appreciate the times that I did because I was so much better prepared to handle the new position well and to get my 
own situation, you know, settled, get some rest, rejuvenate myself, hit the reset button a little, which I talk about a lot, a lot, but I think that's so important is learning how, what it takes to reset yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and I highly recommend that between jobs. And instead of, if you find yourself in a position where you're not employed and you don't have something lined up, look at it as a gift, not as a panic, like don't, don't panic. You'll, you know, if you are rested and thinking clearly and better prepared for those interviews and better prepared for that, you know, looking for that next job, you'll find that new job faster than if you're in total panic and stress mode anyway. So you look at as the gift that it is the gift of time to kind of reset a little bit. And I think that that can go a long way and be a creative way to find some space, right. Um, that you wouldn't have otherwise found. It's so funny you say that because I thought I'd been on two sabbaticals, but you're making me realize I've actually had three. (laughs) (laughs) I've had two intentional ones. Uh, One of them, you know, goes back. I was, I was employed. I can tell you about it in a moment, but what also happened was in between two jobs, actually, like you, I engineered my own redundancy. I I knew the company was making people redundant. There were no more exciting projects and I kind of put my hand up. I didn't know if it was going to happen. But it did happen. And I went on gardening leave. So I couldn't do anything. I actually had a new job lined up, but they had a hiring freeze. Oh, so wow. I was in a position where, first of all, I had a garden leave. Then I got a new job. But I was, I think there was like at least three months. They they um, they couldn't hire anyone. But the, the contract was signed. No, the contract wasn't signed, but they, you know, they, they couldn't. They wanted me, but they couldn't do it because right. of the hire freeze. And it was winter. Mm. And I, I didn't want to go anywhere, but I yeah. was um, preparing actually to start my own business. And mm. I was hoping that this new job was going to be my last job. And it it was my last job. Um, so I did, you know, I was writing my first book at the time. I was writing blog posts. I was creating a website, all of right. that stuff. I would have not uh, been able to do, I think, whilst being employed. Yeah. So I was really sowing the seeds and I didn't know the full extent. I just, I just went with my passion and mm-hmm. I made the best use of uh, this gap in between two jobs. Yeah. It was magical because I couldn't work, you know, it yeah, was magical. Right. I had permission to, uh, to permission stay at to home. live. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So out of something very strange, a strange situation came actually so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so for all of our impact drivers listening, this is an important lesson to take in you will invariably find yourself in a position that you are between employment, right? At some point in your career, most people don't stay, start and end their career in the same location. Find a way to negotiate an extension if you already are leaving one job to go to the next. Um, Negotiate a month before you go into that new role and make sure they understand it's for their benefit because the more rested you are, the more prepared you are to hit the ground running, the better off you're going to be and accelerate getting to the outcomes they're looking for anyway. So it's not time lost. It's actually time better invested. Um, and then it gives you the time to to get that rest and rejuvenate and recover. What about, so did you say that you've had a time where you were employed and you took a sabbatical while you were employed? Can you share a little bit about that? Right. So this was my first one. goes back to okay. 2008, I think. I had been running a massive program. I was exhausted. It was a multi-year program. Um, and um, I was, actually, that was a time when I believe I was almost hitting burnout. And I knew something was not right. My, my body didn't feel right. I would get home from work on a Friday. I would just cry. You know, there was nothing particularly wrong. My project was going all right, but I was exhausted. Yeah. I was just running on empty. And um, I began to seriously think about a sabbatical. And um, first of all, well, no. So basically, I um, 
I went to my boss and I asked him, could I take three months off? I wanted to go to India. Mm -hmm. And uh, he approved it. But then the financial crisis hit. This was 2008 going into 2009. And I thought, if I disappear for three months, um, you know. You have a job when you come back. Exactly. So I was was really worried about that. My boss said, don't worry, just go. But actually, I shortened it to six weeks. Mm -hmm. And that felt like a you know, I'm, I'm, I was happy with that. And it turned out really well because I, for the, for the extent of those six weeks, I traveled to India, yeah. uh, South India, North India, I took a train for 72 hours all the way from South to North. And I had, wow. a, I had a wonderful time, honestly. So, and everything was fine when I got back. Obviously I chose a time when I could do it because as a project manager, you can't just run a big, important project and then say, Oh, <laughs> by the way, yeah, I'm off for three months. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So it was very lucky. My big project had been delivered and I was in a situation where with a bit of planning, of course, you don't do this just without any consideration. I was able to do it. And um, I came back with more energy, so much more yeah. energy. And I remember people, some of my friends, when I came back, they were like, oh my God, you look totally different. You're yeah. so calm, you know, because I became a human being, as you said. Yeah. I did a lot of stuff whilst I was away, but it also included going to an ashram and and doing mm-hmm. yoga and meditation. And I met some friends who are still very good friends of mine. So these trips are golden in that sense, you know, and um, right. yeah, fantastic. Just you get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You see connections you didn't see before because you're away from that, from the treadmill. Right. Daily right. grind. Right. Well, and I got some sun, very importantly. Yeah, exactly. Get some mm-hmm. of that vitamin D. Um So, and I think, so there's different aspects here. So for those listening who are independent consultants um, or running their own businesses, we've talked a little bit about how you might be able to do that. In your case, you were independent. You didn't have a big team relying on you, but you did have clients relying on you. And so you had to find strategically the right time to do it. So that makes perfect sense. In my case, it's something that I've been working on for a decade. And it wasn't until I had a bigger team that I felt comfortable doing it. And I had to learn to let go of things that I didn't need to be the one to own. And that is that learning to delegate as much as possible is something every business owner or business leader needs to learn how to do, period, right? And it comes in real handy when you're trying to figure out how do you remove the barriers to doing something like this. Even just taking a holiday or a vacation for a week or two and not working while you're gone, you need to learn how to do this. You need to learn how to delegate. You need to learn how to get really clear on what you are truly the only person that can do. And nothing's going to blow up if you just take a little bit of time. I don't think we have a lot of brain surgeons or heart surgeons or others that are, you know, or um, (laughs) pilots or others that are literally in life or death situations all the time. Um, I don't think a lot of those folks are listening to this. So most of the people listening to this are either running businesses or helping other people run their businesses, you know, in the role of strategy execution in some way, shape or form. And so it's not impossible. And I've started doing more of it. I took, um, let's see, I was off for most of the month of June when I went and headlined the two House of PMO PMO conferences in the UK. Um, I ended up sadly being off most of July unintentionally because I got COVID and got really sick. Um, and then uh, I took some time off in December over the holidays. I took three weeks off then. So instead of doing Um, what, you know, instead of trying to take three months at one time, I'm taking off three or four weeks at a time, various times throughout the year. And at least that's what I did last year. I'm trying something different this year, which is we're taking, um, well, actually we don't, um, work in this business on Fridays anymore. Um, and so 
at least I don't, my team still does. And that's why I feel comfortable doing it. Right. Is that Fridays are now what we call self-care Fridays, which are, I've been trying to implement for at least two years and haven't. And now I am, because for me, what I have found, and this might be something for those of you that have flexible work schedules, or you can negotiate a flexible work schedule. Maybe you can't take three months at a time off. Maybe you only have limited vacation, but what if you did something like um, a nine, what is it? Nine days in two weeks instead of 10. And so every other Friday you don't work, but you still get in all the hours. Um, That's one way that people have done that. And then I would highly recommend you don't use that time, whenever it is to run errands, <laughs> do all of that, use it to actually get some rest, especially if you're in a position where you care for other people in your life. Like if you have a family or friends or um, that you take care of, then you definitely need to use that time for self-care and then use your um, other days with, you know, to take care of others. I think that can be a way to do it. That is a creative way, as opposed to trying to um, take big chunks of time off. And that helps people kind of do a mini reset every week or every two weeks, as opposed to having to wait for once a year. Uh, the other thing we're trying is to, uh, my son gets a lot of time off from school. He has winter break for a couple of weeks. He has a like 10 days in February, 10 days in April. He's off to like June 1st is his last day of school. And he doesn't go back till mid August. He's got a lot of time off. You know? <laughs> and so we're trying to make sure One of the other things I'm doing is I'm planning my time off around his time off. So if he's off, I'm off, period. Whether it's a Friday or a teacher work day or whatever it is, that's another way that I'm sneaking it in. I'm just saying, sorry, I can't work. I want to spend time with my kid because he has an extra day off or a week off, et cetera. And that can help it feel not so overwhelming. Um, All the work, all the other things we have to do and be creative ways that you can, um, you know, take bits and pieces, like bits of time off in different places without it having to be a three month sabbatical. Although I know that's a dream come true for many people. Um, You just have to be creative on how you get there, right? And I think we build up the courage. So maybe we start small, as you're saying, we because Mm -hmm. it it all comes back to delegation, if if we're employed or self-employed, delegation, being structured, knowing what we want, knowing what energizes us and what doesn't, because no matter if we take a short break or a long break, Presumably, we want to spend more time on the things that bring us joy, that bring us energy. So I think right. everybody should think about what is it that gives you energy and what is it that drains you. Mm-hmm. And we can do in a weekend, and in an afternoon, we can do, or in an evening, you know, in a short amount of time, we can do more of the things that energize us. Right, exactly. Because I like your your little mini reset. I think that's very valuable. And presumably, if we do lots of mini resets, maybe we don't need three months. Maybe we don't want... We don't want to disappear for three months. Right, right, exactly. And I think, and that's kind of what happens is if you get to the point where you're so burnt out, you can't even see straight. That's when you feel like you need such a big reset. But if Mm. you're doing these little mini breaks regularly, and I mean, it can be something like, do you take 30 minutes to yourself every day where you don't let anybody bother you? You meditate, you walk, you rest, you do whatever it is you've got to do to do a little reset once a day. That can go a long way. It's the buildup of the burnout that really makes a lot of people feel like they just need such a significant break. Not all the time. It's great. If you can take it, great. But if you can't, what are other ways that you can find pockets of time that you give yourself rest? Um, You know, don't shortchange your sleep. Don't sleep six hours, sleep eight, right? Those are things you can do that really truly help you avoid getting into that burnout situation in the first place, right? Yes. It also makes me think that some people might want to take a sabbatical to study. Right. Exactly. Um, I haven't people done do that. People do that all the time. Yeah, like exactly. People do that all the time, right? 
And I think it's the same mechanism you need to you need to delegate, you need to be clever with your time, you need to be intentional what you're going to spend this time on. Right. So I think many of the same principles apply. It may not be about self-care in that sense, but it is still it is still looking after your own needs, right? Right. Right, exactly. And that is something that is perfectly acceptable in many places, right? You take time off so that you can go to school or go back to school. Do something useful. Right, exactly. You have to be productive in your time off. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, and I think it helps people justify to themselves because I think a big yeah. barrier that people have is, but is it selfish? And, you know, if I just do very little or a sabbatical or what yeah. about the money aspects? But when when there's education, when, when, when the reason is to study, we find the reason we can, we can create Justify the argument. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I think it's worthwhile perhaps talking about the economy as well, because some people perhaps don't have the finances or they think they don't have the finances. Right. And I'll say it is because I am a coach, you know, so I coach people around those limitations and there might be situations where it's just not the right time for somebody. They have a lot right. of commitments and maybe they're the only breadwinner. So I don't want to discount that aspect for some people, right. but I think in many cases, it is maybe a, a mental barrier more than a real barrier. Right. We think I can't do that. I can't take time off and I need the money. Well, but right. if you sit down, you look at your priorities, right. how much do you need? How much is it going to cost to take another two weeks off? You know, it doesn't right. have to be three months, as you said. Right. So it's working with what we have and really going through the blocks if there are any blockers one by right. one and looking at it realistically. Absolutely. And you know, just, just to give people a little perspective, that time that I took three months off, I was a single mom going through a terrible divorce. I had two mortgages. I had, and I didn't have a ton in savings. I was and and then we had a family member pass away. It was a horrific time to take time off. I did not have a plan, but I knew that I needed it. And so I got creative and you can get very creative and it was worth it. It was worth figuring out how to be creative to make it work so that I didn't have a lot of money in savings. It's not like I'm saying this from the point of having like a ton in savings. I got very creative and getting very creative gave me the space to hit that reset button and get rest in a time when I desperately needed it because I was going through so many tremendous changes. And that I was a single mom of a toddler at this time. Okay. So this was like chaos world. And I said, I will figure it out. We will get through this. And I need this if I'm going to take care of those around me. And that's a really important thing that a lot of my um, coaching students hear me say all the time, which is you must put your oxygen mask on first before you take care of those around you. And you hear that every time you get on an airplane and we ignore it and we don't follow that advice, but that is probably one of the best pieces of advice I've ever had in my entire life. And in fact, I had a... Um, I had a flight attendant come over to me and get right in my face when I was on an airplane in the middle of that chaos, um, going to a funeral. Um, and I was in the middle of that whole situation, no job and the mortgages and all the things and the chaos and the divorce and all the stuff. And she got right in my face and she said, you really need to hear this right now. She could just see it. I was probably a total hot mess, right? <laughs> And she said, listen to what we're saying to you. And she pointed to my son and she said, you've got to take care of you first. Mm -hmm. And it hit me, hit me so hard. I was like, I was crying and I was just so upset. And I was like, wow, she's so right. And I've carried that through to how I talk to my students all the time and my our participants in our Impact Accelerator Mastermind program, because I see them, almost every one of them burning the candle at both ends and not taking care of themselves and being so stressed and exhausted. And of course they can't see the answer that's right in front of them. 
because they're exhausted, right? So we teach them how to not be, right? Mm -hmm. We teach them how to take care of themselves and they just have win after win after win after win. Once they've understood that there's a way that they must take care of themselves in order to be able to take care of others. So the whole reason we're doing this, Suzanne, is not everyone's going to listen to this and be like, oh, great. Now I can just take three months off, right? But how might you get really creative and figure out how to make it work, whatever it is to support the goals that you have. And one is to stay healthy and well, and, and be able to take care of those around you because you can't, if you haven't taken care of yourself. So I just think that, you know, just so that people understand that are listening to this, this is, we figured out how to make it work because we had to. So what's important to you and how do you make it work? How do you get creative? Mm. Yeah, great. Well, very well said. And I also love what that flight attendant said to you. I think oh, that was actually a message straight from above to you. That was just a serendip- <laughs> <Totally>. serendipitous <laughs> message there. Um, I, oh. I like to talk a lot about what people's needs are, because yeah. we 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 sometimes think again, well, it's, am I being too needy? Yeah. We want to add value. Of course we do. But there has to be a balance. We yeah. can't just do, do, do all the time for others. And thinking about our own personal needs is very important. We have a need for joy. We have a need, physical need for rejuvenation. We have a need for whatever. Everybody has different right. needs or they get their needs fulfilled in different ways, the need for joy or whatever it is. And, and it's very important to even give ourselves permission to ask that question. No, you're not selfish for putting the oxygen mask on yourself first. It is right. not selfish. You have to look after yourself because if you don't look after yourself, nobody will. And I say right. that to the people I coach in big corporations. If they don't look after themselves, well, no, I don't say it that way. I say, you are the only one who can look after yourself. You're the only one right. who can decide what you need. You're the only one who can set those boundaries. Right. Because right. working nonstop may be great for a corporation, but it isn't great if you burn out. It isn't great for anyone if you burn out. Right, exactly. It's just and I not think, worth it. And I think, you know, we being selfish has become this, you know, negative thing, but it's about taking care of yourself, right? And putting yourself first. And you have to, in order to be able to take care of others, you cannot show up for others the way you need to if you are utterly exhausted. You'll be impatient, you'll be frustrated, you'll snap at people, you'll just not be able to give it your best. So whether it's your career or your family life, or whatever your goals are, you know, you, you have to be able to be selfish in a good way first, so that you have the energy you need to do the things you need to do. So that's why it's doing something like this is incredibly valuable and important. And I'm glad we're talking about it. And one of the things I'm learning to do is while I was on that, that, um, time off over the holidays, my husband and I sat down and planned out the year because what I noticed was happening is I would start to get anxious if I didn't have a vacation on the calendar because I knew that that was going to be my reset time, right? So now we have been very thoughtful looking at our son's schedule for the year and when he's off and planning real trips away from the office, away from my computer. Um, And actually my husband has started taking my electronics and locking them in the safe and not telling me the, you know, in the hotel rooms, locking it in the safe and not even letting me see it. Um, so that I really use the time to hit that reset button and um, connect with myself and connect with my family. And that's gone a long way to making the time I do take off more, more powerful um, and helping me to do all the big things I do otherwise. So, you know, a lot of people ask, how do you do it all? It's about prioritizing that self-care first. Very well, very well said. So uh, are there any other 
I don't know, barriers or limiting beliefs that you've heard people say? I mean, we addressed a lot of them in this conversation because we know we've heard them all, right? Oh, I can't do that. It's not possible. And that's why we're trying to break down some of those barriers people have created for themselves about being able to take time off um, and reflect and rejuvenate and care for themselves. Have you, you know, are there any other kind of challenges you've seen people present that we could talk about before we wrap up? Yeah, here? I think actually come to think of it, there's something deeper, which is about my identity, each person's mm. identity, because if I identify too much with my work and with being um, indispensable or adding value mm-hmm. or earning money, then it's very hard for me to step away. Maybe I don't even consciously want to step away. Or I think I I, I will say stuff like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And that's because I am too, I I don't want to use the word addicted, but maybe that is what it It, is. Addiction, I think is a good way to put it. Let's just call it what it is. Right. I've struggled with that some myself, right? I get it. Yeah. And it's, it's that addiction to being needed, I think. Yeah. And, and and being seen, maybe it's power as well, is being in there, doing great work, being looked up to, being needed. And the money comes, you know, you, you earn yeah. money and you are somebody and you have this position, whatever it is. So I think that's that's more like an unconscious uh, barrier, yeah. perhaps. Well, I think it's for, for me, it's, you know, it, it presents itself in wanting to, you know, I mean, my word, my, you know, my, one of my best friends, Mike Hannon, that we've had on the podcast and the summits and in our coaching group um, before he helped you know, him and then some other, and some coaches I have helped me realize that what I kept talking about was impact. I just wanted to make an impact. And then I did. Uh, it's funny because I, we recently had our coaching students go through and do the, um, Clifton Strengths Assessment used to be called um, Strengths Finder, and what, the thing that came up for me first was significance. And significance isn't about being significant yourself and being seen as significant. It's about making an impact. It's about changing the world for others to make the world a better place. Right. The very first sentence in the description is, "You really want to make a big impact." Right. And that, and so it's interesting because you say about like the the place of wanting to be seen. For me, it's not about wanting to be seen. It's about wanting to change the world so that it's better for everyone else. For those that come after me, for, I always say to um, PMO leaders, I wish I had me when I was you. I wish I had somebody that was willing to support me and take me on this journey and help me save time and energy and frustration. So when I get obsessive about work, it's because I imagine those people, or I think about my coaching group and I think about the people that we serve and I just want to make their lives easier. So I am addicted to making an impact. And that's dangerous, actually. And so all of our impact drivers out there listening, this might resonate with you. It can be dangerous because I will just my way into exhaustion. Oh, it's just one more email. It's just one more thing. It's just one more. If I could just get this off my plate, if I could just do this, if I could just get this thing implemented, if I could just. And it's because I want it's all for good reasons, but it can end up hurting me because then I'm justing my way into either you know, not having enough time for my family or not getting enough self care or those kinds of things, which is why we're being so strict about our schedule this year, because I will just my way into working seven days a week. And it's, and I justify it because I want to help other people, but it, it can be an addiction. And it's one that we're being very intentional about addressing um, in our lives. And I would say we all have strengths, but we can overuse those strengths uh-huh. and then it becomes a liability. Exactly. Exactly. It's right. all about balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that's any, anything else you think that we should, or how should we kind of, what should we leave people with as they're thinking about how they might go on a journey like this of either getting more 
um, intentional, restful time in their day-to-day on a weekly basis, taking time off, even maybe being creative about taking a sabbatical. What, what advice do you have for them as they kind of walk away from this episode and think about their next steps? Yeah, well, I would use this good uh, coaching approach of first having them dream a little bit. So mm-hmm. what is it? I mean, that that's how you started the podcast too. Can you imagine, you know, what, what would it be like? So I would, I would ask people, you know, imagine this the year you're currently in, what what would you like to have happen in terms of time off? Right. Are you thinking about a serious sabbatical or are you just thinking about more mindful moments in your day? So really set the goal. What is it that you ideally would like? Right. And then begin to look at how how can it how could it happen? You know, how could you make it happen? What are some of the things in your way? And 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 write it down because when you write it down, you can look at it one by one. Okay, money. Okay, let's address the money aspect. Okay, it's right. something about people are dependent on me. Okay, let's look at that. How can you begin to delegate? Whatever it is, write it down, you know, take it step by step. But it begins with the the the, the goal. You know, right. what would you what, what what would you like and what are your needs? Right. And what's important to you? Like if it's important, you need to find a way to make it happen and don't let that yeah but monster convince you otherwise, right? <laughs> Yeah, because we only have one life and we can work our bottoms off and we can give and give and give and give and give to corporations, give even if we work for ourselves. But um, the regrets of the dying are very, very interesting. When people are on the deathbed, they don't say, oh, I wish I'd worked a little more. They say, I wish I'd spent more time with certain people or I wish I'd fulfilled my passion or lived my purpose. That's what people say. And I think... I think that's worth really considering. Oh, for sure. I think we're going to leave it on that because I want to leave people with that thought in their minds, because that's something that as I, as you were saying all of this, before you said that, I was thinking to myself, listen, the older we get, the more people around us, we see suffer. We see people that we care about pass away. We see how short life really is. And it's important to use, use this precious resource we have of time uh, wisely. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for being here and for sharing all of this. I hope this inspires our impact drivers to think long and hard about how they take care of themselves and creative ways to take care of themselves and get some real time off to rest and recover and not work on holiday or vacation and um, however long that vacation is. Um, so before we wrap up though, Suzanne, is, uh, can you let people know how they can find you if they'd like to engage you, learn more about your coaching, um, just connect with you online? Where might they find you? Sure. So um, my website is my name, Suzanne Matson. I might spell it out, S-U-S-A-N-N-E-M-A-D-S-E-N.com. Um, my book is available on Amazon, The Power of Project Leadership, and I think any other books, bookstore. And um, yeah, I'm on YouTube under the same just my name, Suzanne Matson, and um, Twitter, although I don't tend to use Twitter so much these days. <laughs> it's, it's mostly LinkedIn, right? So yeah, and LinkedIn, and, definitely people can yeah. find you on LinkedIn. That's how Absolutely. we first connected, I think, years ago. So um, awesome. Well, thank you, Suzanne, for being here. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you taking the time um, to help our audience think creatively about how they can really take care of themselves and be a little selfish on purpose. All right. Thank you for having me. I yes. really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. All right, Impact Drivers, thank you so much for being here today. I would love to hear from you. Both of us would. Suzanne and I would love to hear from you on how you are taking some time off and being intentional with that time off so that you can rest and then make the big impact that you're meant to make in this world. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Bye.